Good evening, you beautiful people of the internet. Tonight is the premiere episode of Not a Real News Broadcast. Um, the format we're going to be looking at tonight is I'm going to try and bring you some good, wholesome uh, news that hopefully you'll find relevant um, to the modern age. Um, before we get into all of that, though, <clears throat> I want to do some show and tell here for some sponsors. Well, not sponsors, but people that we're promoting. This is kind of like reverse order. I'm sponsoring them with my time. But the first off is this guy, the Royal Green. Mr. Jack Casey wrote two books. Third one is going to be dropped sometime between now and when uh, the entire economy collapses. Uh, some may even say it's tied together. Second off is this gentleman, whoops, hit the wrong button. This gentleman right here, and it is <clears throat> Mr. Thomas Queter. There is no quit in Queter. If you want to find out more about Mr. Queter, about his policy, or if you want to help, Go to TomFor52.com. That's T-O-M-F-O-R-5-2 dot com. And so, with that uh, bit of information out of the way, we go into our first segment that uh, a friend of ours, mine, um, has given me an idea for. Um, she is the Eskimo Libertarian, and she knows... A thing or two about a thing or two but uh she had suggested i do a segment on guns and ammo and it'll be this segment right here the the 811 call before you dig segment and the reason i bring that up is because call 811 before you dig that's all i'm gonna say but currently as of today the current average value for nine millimeter is 33 cents around 556 is averaging around 46 cents around prices may vary mileage will definitely vary <clears throat> so with that we will go into some actual news um and this is kind of a, a story that's been in the in the works for for a while um it, it takes place in missouri um, i'm going to go over one gentleman uh both are you know just as e equally tragic um, but I'm going to focus on the gentleman who has more time uh, in this uh, story. So there are two people who have been held in a prison in Missouri for crimes that they the state has acknowledged that they have not committed. Um, Kevin Strickland has been in prison for 43 years, and then Lamar Johnson has been in prison for 26 years. <clears throat> and I'm going to just give a little backstory here on what had happened with Mr. Strickland. But uh, Kevin Strickland was sentenced in 1979 of a triple homicide. He was 18 at the time. The crime took place two miles from his home. And his family uh, con uh, confirmed his alibi that he was, you know, at home on the phone talking, you know, watching TV. Um, and I would assume back in 79, they didn't have like a lot of the tracing and a lot of the, the abilities of, you know, verifying a phone call as they do now. Um, I don't know a lot of the... Um, 
methods that they would have had back then. <clears throat> but um, so what had happened was that there was a triple homicide about two miles from his residence. And uh, the reason he was accused of committing this crime was the two gentlemen who were currently on the run um, when uh, when Mr. Strickland was uh, arrested, uh, last names of Bell and Atkinson, um, like I said, both of them were on the run. Um, and uh, apparently Mr. Strickland and Mr. Bell were good friends at the time and uh Mr. Strickland's fingerprints were actually found in the car um, that was used, I assume, before and after the shooting. It doesn't go into too much detail as to the, the pertinence of the car. Um, but they were they were close friends, and he had admitted that there had been times where he had driven the vehicle. So it would make sense that his fingerprints were, in, in fact, inside the vehicle. So it's, it's not some happenstance that his fingerprints were there. He was, you know, regularly in the vehicle. Um. And uh, one of the, the the only survivor of the shooting, uh, uh, Douglas, um, was the one that was he and I quote he was fairly certain it was Strickland, um, and and so with that they took him to trial and tried to convict him of a uh, you know a triple homicide, um, and with the with the first trial that he went to was it was a hung jury so. Uh, you know, it was split pretty much right down the middle. Um, and the only person who re- didn't uh, initially uh, weigh in on the vote um, was a was a black man from that area. And they they covered this in a lot of detail. This this specific individual. I don't know why they focused so much on this. Um, but it was later on, within a couple years of uh of Mr. Strickland being sentenced, and you know spending time in prison, Bell and Atkinson both confessed to having committed the crime and that Strickland had nothing to do with it. And so <clears throat> currently, you know, like I said, Mr. Mr. Strickland has been in prison for 73 years and he has blown past um, any prior records for someone who's been incarcerated uh, wrongfully. Um, and within this past year alone, 36 pardons were issued, but not a single one of them was uh, Kevin Strickland. Now the the DA the the governor's office they have all admitted that they understand that this gentleman does not belong in prison but they continue to leave him there. Um, a pardon can be given at any point in time by the governor um, or the president, you know, whoever. Um, there's no time requirement. There's no you know there's no session of the house that has to be done in order to get these pardons. That falls strictly to the governor of that state. Um. And so this is a young man who, from the age of 18, has been pretty much incarcerated for something he hasn't committed. Um, he is in poor health currently. Um, he believes wholeheartedly that he's going to die in prison for something he didn't do. Um, he's currently getting around in a wheelchair. Um, and to this day, the system continues to fail him because uh, even even if he is exonerated, the only thing that he will receive from the state is not money, it's not you know, any kind of recompense for the, the wrongs that the state has committed against him, but would be essentially a soft core apology. It would just be a, Hey, sorry, we did, we did you wrong, but you're free to go and get away from us. That's, that's essentially what they have uh, talked about. Um, and then there is a Lamar Johnson, uh, as I said, also in Missouri, both of these gentlemen reside in Missouri. Um, he's been in prison for 26 years. 
Um, I didn't want to go too in depth on both these stories. They're both um, awfully tragic and do need to be uh, righted. Um, th- this is a, and the reason I bring this up is this story has recently been, you know, um, brought to light again uh, due to some new new pushes to to exonerate both of these gentlemen for the crimes that they did not commit and that they continue to sit in prison for. Um, it, it is, it is, it's an atrocious thing to think that someone is, has lost everything about them and their life due to a failure of the system. And they continue to stay there, um, due to those failures. Um, and if you would like, like I said, you know, it is, Kevin Strickland and Lamar Johnson. If you want to look up their stories in more detail, uh, in more detail and in, in depth, um, there, there's a there's quite a few pieces out there that do a really good job of explaining uh, step by step of what has happened to these two gentlemen. Uh, with that, I will pivot into something a little more upbeat and a lot better news. Gun bans are now out in California, apparently. Um, the U.S. District Judge Roger Benitez, who you will find out later on, is a phenomenal judge, in my opinion. Um, he has ruled that the uh, California assault weapons ban is unconstitutional. Surprise, surprise on that one. He stated that under no level of highest scrutiny can the law survive. And what he was uh, talking about essentially is um, the Cal- in California, uh, they had this what they call an assault weapons ban. And basically ARs are, you know, modified in such a way that they can't have a pistol grip. They can't have an adjustable, uh, butt stock. There's all these things that go into it. And it's, it's really just for a lack of a better word, it's, it's, it's show theater. They, they are trying to toe the line of infringing on people's rights as much as they can without pushback. Well, thankfully that California has U.S. District Judge Roger Benitez, because as you'll see here in a minute, he's also uh, targeted something else, which California was really happy to keep up until he ruled on it. So Benitez also ruled that the magazine ban was unconstitutional. And what the magazine ban was is any magazine that held more than 10 rounds was deemed illegal. And what's actually interesting about this law is that there is no grandfather clause on this. So what that means is if you had a magazine that held 11 rounds or more in the state of California, when this law passed, you were required to turn it over to authorities or face a severe uh, criminal punishment and fines and, you know, everything else that goes along with those things. Um, And it is, it is a really unique, uh, um, law and the way that it was handled because the vast majority, like even the 1986 um, uh, firearm ban that, or the uh, machine gun ban of 1986 that Reagan, Ronald Reagan passed, um, if you had owned a machine gun made before 1986, when that was passed, you were still allowed to keep it. Um, with this, however, that wasn't the case. Um, the, so the lawsuit filed in San Diego federal court by the California Rifle and Pistol Association and several gun owners argues that a 2016 state law banning possession of so-called large capacity magazines violates the Second Amendment right to bear arms and self-defense. Uh, the ban uh, was against 
yeah, it was against machine gun or <laughs> not machine guns, magazines that hold more than 10 rounds. Um, his ruling was upheld by a divided Ninth Circuit Court that contained three judges. So the way it worked was it was a panel, three judges, um, and this this panel was pretty much like they said it was split, but I don't know how you split that one person. Um, but it, it was it was upheld by that three person panel. And currently the ninth district is currently hearing the uh, appeals in an en banc panel, which is essentially 11, 11 judges will get together from the ninth circuit and deliberate on uh, whether or not this is unconstitutional, if it should be upheld, whether it should be shot down. Whatever. Um, this was back in the the eleventh of last month. Um, I, I was checking the Ninth Circuit Court website today. Um, they've still not updated it. You can actually go and find it. You, it's if you go on their website, you just go on Bonk and uh, and uh, you can find. I think I believe it's like the fourth or fifth one down on the list. You can actually look and see the actual appeal that the state of California is pushing. Um, and while they believe that it is uh, not unconstitutional, why it should be upheld. Um, and it is, it's a very wordy piece. So if you've got the time to do so, I would recommend doing it. Um, but yeah. So, and another piece of good news, because I don't want this to be all about uh, sad stuff and, uh, you know, guns. Um Shots have been fired in Ohio, apparently. And I just, I need to share this. Uh, So apparently, the Libertarian Party of Michigan added LP Ohio saying, what the hell is going on down there? And it's a picture of Freedom Daddy Spike Cohen himself pointing at a picture that says, explain this shit. You aren't from Ohio if you don't know about Oreos and salsa. Libertarian Party of Ohio claps back with, say what you want about our spicy food. At least our water doesn't look like it just washed Jabba the Hutt's boob sweat. Hashtag Flint. I will say, all the props to LP Ohio's uh, comms team. You guys are animals. And uh, for whatever reason, libertarians will put away our differences with the state to kill each other over food um, with blue check marked Twitter accounts. So there is that. Um, not quite certain where we should continue going on with that one. But that is news, I guess. If, if you're on Twitter and you care about the Twitter things. Um, <clears throat> there are also uh, some sort of developing events. Um, Simone Biles uh, stepped away from an event uh, at the Olympics, um, citing her mental health, um, saying pretty much, you know, she didn't want to compete anymore with this event just to her mental sanity. Um, there's been a lot of pushback on it, which which is uh, fairly interesting. Um, the idea that you should force someone into competing for a sport for your nation 
um, when they don't feel great about doing it is uh, it's it's an interesting take. I'll put it like that. Um, she uh, she competes at a very high level, and I don't think anyone else can discredit her ability or her talent. I would say I wish her well, um, but it, it it this idea that we're going to attack people who perform at a high level because we don't like what they're doing it it, it needs to stop. I mean, it does. It. She is essentially a young woman who's just trying to fa- find her way in life. This will not be what she does forever, and she's she's enjoying it while she can. Um, and apparently, she wasn't enjoying it, or she just couldn't continue enjoying it. So I think. Uh, People need to get the hell off their high horse and leave her alone. Um, ooh. Ooh, I'm going to go ahead and... Uh, <laughs> Patricia Marie says, Did you include an extremist content warning at the beginning of this broadcast? I did not, because I am the extremist content they warned you about. Um, it's... Yeah, so Steven is saying that it was only team gymnastics, not the individual. Um, I personally haven't been watching much of the uh, the Olympics, um, and I think that's an episode I'm going to probably do next week on why the Olympics is a terrible thing. Um, and we can dive a little deeper into that and cover a little bit more. Um, I think I think that would make for a good uh, good content for an episode. Um, what we will also kind of pivot into here is, a uh, trying to find it right meow. I didn't have this ready, but I've seen it earlier. Um, so apparently the CDC is now, uh, what is the word they use? They're, they're suggesting people, they've updated their policy on, uh, masking in public spaces such as schools. For people with uh, COVID vaccine. So now they're saying that even people who have had the COVID vaccine, they say, hey, get the vaccine. If everyone gets a vaccine, we can stop masking. Well, now they're once again uh, 180 on that and saying, even if you've had the vaccine, um, you still need to wear a mask or certain people do in certain situations, um, which will inevitably fall into everybody should do what we tell them all the time, which is what it has always been. Um, it's, uh, it's, I hate covering COVID stuff because it's just so stupid. It is all just continuous crap of, he said, she said, we're going to tell you what to do. Some people saying we'll never do what you tell us to do. Make your own decision. Do your own research. Figure it out for yourself. Take the vaccine. Don't take the vaccine. Mask, don't mask. Every decision you make has consequences. But uh, there is one more piece of news I'm going to cover. And apparently I did not plan enough for this show. I was expecting this to go about at least an hour. We're about 20 minutes in. So I either A, talk too fast, or B, uh, didn't go in depth enough. So... You can yell at me in the comments. That's fine, because I won't read them. Um, I will. I promise you I will. But uh, President Biden has signed a bill 
designating Pulse a national memorial. So if you remember the the Pulse nightclub shooting was uh I believe down in Florida. Yeah, so it was down in Florida. Um I believe it was a uh an LGBT or we'll call it a GSM bar down in Florida and uh the individual who was a sick human being uh decided they were gonna go in there and shoot it up. Um so they've they've announced that it's basically a national memorial and it's it's really pandering. Um that's what it comes down to. The loss of life is always tragic, especially, you know, when it's specific people targeted for an evil reason. But as I said, all loss of life is uh tragic. But if if Joe Biden actually cared about making sure people had the ability to stay safe from mass shooters. Um, Judge ben, uh, Benitez out in California is doing the right thing by arming people, making sure they have the ability to protect themselves. Um, if you don't want people dying, that's what it comes down to. There are millions and millions of stories where that you can find where, um, a mass shooter was stopped preemptively by someone with a gun. Good guy with a gun. It, it's, uh, I get tired of making that, you know, good guy with a gun argument, but it is, it's true. The, the FBI actually, uh, has stats out there that they estimate, you know, um, almost two thirds of the, uh, potential shootings that could have been in the United States are stopped by just the brandishing of a firearm. Just, just pulling it out and saying, Hey, we can play this game, but do you really want to? And that is usually enough to stop a you know a potential uh, rapist or you know an assault or a murder or whatever. Um, the most recognizable sound in uh, all of human life I can think of, especially in the United States, is the racking of a shotgun shell. Um, that pump of just the down and back is just. It's so distinguishable from everything else. Um, so, yeah, it does. It 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 falls to you to handle your own safety, and that ties into don't call nine one one, call eight one one, call before you dig. They are less likely to shoot your dog. I don't say never because things happen, but less likely. And with that, I want to close out this episode with two things. One, I appreciate everyone coming out tonight. Um, This is just me doing something I've really wanted to do for a long time. I'm still trying to figure certain things out. Um, I was like I said, I was really hoping this episode would be longer, but per the usual, I didn't plan far enough ahead. And, uh, that's on me. And the second thing, I want to end every episode with some kind of information that you can possibly take away that's not news related. That may be something you need to hear in your life or maybe somebody else in your life that you can pass it on to needs to hear. But there's this old story that describes the, the, the violence of all humans in their own life. And it's described as in two wolves there's the light wolf and the dark wolf and the light wolf 
uses violence, but only when it's required to, when it's in self-defense of themselves or another. This wolf protects the herd. It protects itself and stands up for the right things. The other wolf inside of you is the dark wolf. This is the wolf that uses violence for personal gain or just for the sake of violence. And as I said, these two wolves reside in all people. It doesn't matter how old, how young, male, female, anything. And if you're wondering, how do you know which wolf controls you or will control you down in the future? It's determined by which one you feed. The wolf that you feed will survive and it will be the wolf that leads the herd. So are you going to feed the wolf that protects others or are you going to feed the wolf that hurts others to protect yourself and advance your own position in life? With that, I thank you for tuning in tonight for the the, uh, pilot episode of Not A Real News Broadcast. Hit the like button, subscribe. Hit the bell if you're on YouTube. Do all the things. Throw all the comments out there. Share it around. And tune in next week at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is also Freedom Time. Um, For the rest of the week, the lineup will be tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Eastern Freedom Time. Uh, We'll be Not A Real Veterans Podcast with Will and Braxton. Thursday night at 7 will be Not A Real Libertarian Podcast. So stay tuned, stay smiling, and stay free. Thank you, and good night.